0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services.
1: Now here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today's topic is retire smart. And with me today, I have a very smart person, Julie Chadwick, who's a financial planner with us at Stirk Financial.
0: Thank you very much. I'm doing my parade wave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so when we talk about retire smart, what we mean by that is that there are strategies that over time have been proven to contribute to a more successful retirement. And there are things also that have been proven to be bad ideas when it comes to planning your retirement. So we're going to talk about some strategies that actually contribute to a successful retirement that help you move towards a higher level of success when you actually pull that retirement trigger. And what we think is if you follow these steps, that you're more likely to have a successful outcome where you can focus on living the life you want in retirement and not worrying about the financial side of retirement so much. Right.
0: So it's really having a plan instead of just hoping.
1: (laughs) Yes. We do not want your retirement plan to be hope. (laughs) (laughs) We hope this works.
0: We hope it works. We're going to do it.
1: (laughs) So I I guess you brought up the very first point there, Julie, is you should have a plan. Right. If you're going to retire, you should have a plan.
0: And it should be more than just, I'm going to retire at this age, and that's
1: it. Yes. (laughs) It begins at, when do you want to retire? Exactly. So it's kind of funny that you say that. I've been dating someone for almost six years, and he's a wonderful, wonderful man, works for the railroad. And they have a great pension at the railroad, and it starts when you're 60. So when we first got together and we were talking about retirement, I asked him, you know, what's your What's your plan? He's like, the only plan I have is I'm gonna retire the day I turn 60. I'm like, Really? Okay. Well help you know, what's that gonna look like? Well, most people don't expect someone to follow up with like, what's that gonna look like? <laughs> like, how's that gonna work? What's your income gonna be like? Blah 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 blah. This is a problem with dating a financial planner. <laughs> That's the questions we ask. <laughs> I can't separate work and home right. sometimes. <laughs>
0: but you probably got him thinking and it just yes. lets people understand and realize That you may have this goal out there, and that's great to have goals, but you have to dive in a little bit deeper to make that goal happen, to make it reality.
1: Right. I I think you're exactly right with that. So the goal of I'm going to retire when I'm 60 has to get backed up with how. Mm -hmm. How are you going to retire when you're 60? How are you going to set up your income? How are you going to take the investments that you've built and turn them into income so you can comfortably live the life that you want to when you do retire?
0: Right. How are you going to plan for living longer? How are you going to plan uh-huh. for inflation? All those things are factors that we bring up. So
1: Right. How are you going to handle your medical insurance exactly. if you retire earlier? Yep. So I'm pretty sure he left that conversation a little (laughs) shell-shocked, thinking, oh, my God, what have I gotten myself into with this woman?
0: (laughs) Well, he's still with you, so you must have convinced him.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true. That was the best financial plan maybe I ever did. (laughs) But you should have a plan. And, and, And there are components of a plan that are important to work through. And... You also have to keep in mind that plans are fluid, right? Life changes. Plans change. We can plan everything that we want to, but there are going to be curveballs thrown at us. There are things that are going to happen that we didn't see coming.
0: Right. That's life. And that's part of the planning is to be able to change and adjust with what happens in life.
1: Right. And... Coming back and checking in with your original plan to seeing how close you are to it, how far off you are, what adjustments need to be made, is part of the ongoing planning process.
0: Right. It's not just a one and done. You don't just do a plan and say, okay, I got it, and then five years later say, okay, here's retirement day. Right. (laughs) Exactly.
1: A lot of things have probably changed
0: in that time frame.
1: Most definitely. What we normally recommend to people is that within about five years of being ready to retirement, to re- retire, that's when you should really do your first retirement plan, Right when you're within five years of, of your date. And then you're going to want to ap- update that plan within a six months to a year of actually planning to retire to see how close you are with your plan, what needs to change, can you really support that date, and things like that. Um, and, and if you have significant life changes within that time, then you need to replan.
0: You need to come in sooner than that or when mm-hmm. you have a life change, something, you know, if a, yep. a job change or um, job increase, whatever that might be. But those are things that are going to affect the plan.
1: Right. Um, new grandchildren can be enough to affect a plan too, if you've Mm -hmm. got grandchildren planning inside your estate and things like that. So there's all kinds of factors that can be a big enough life change to go back and plan. And most people have a life change of some type every two to three years. So that is typically how often you want to revisit your plan is every two to three years or whenever there is some type of life change you want to update that plan right now part of your plan is going to be knowing your numbers and this is most people's least favorite part of this right because <laughs> it involves
0: some um, figuring out how much you're spending how much you're going to need to spend what your expenses are what you know what costs are going to stay there and how much it's going to cost to be in retirement right to live in retirement
1: and as we've said many times before this is an area of procrastination for people. Many people will not do a plan because they don't really want to figure out what they're spending and how much they're spending. A lot of people, when they come in and talk to us for the first time, they kind of look at their spouse a little shamefacedly and say, "Well, I'm sure we should be on a budget, but you know, we were just really not." And and you don't have to be.
0: The good news is, as we say, "Hey, you don't have to do a budget. You don't beat you don't beat yourself up. We're not right. here to you know point a finger." We're just here to say, hey, what are the numbers so we know? Right. There's a there's a hard way to do it, and there's an easy way to do it. We can help you with either one. You can <laughs> do a full-on budget, or you can do an income gap, but knowing your numbers is the key thing.
1: Right. So the the thing about knowing your numbers is it really starts with just what's the cash coming into your household right now? Mm-hmm. And that's as simple as looking at your paycheck stubs and saying, well, this is how much money I have come into my household on a monthly basis now. And is it enough? Do I have money left over at the end of the month or are we barely getting by with this? Right. And that's the starting point for knowing your numbers, both income and outflow. It's just what does money look like in your household right now?
0: And that literally, like you said in the beginning, is that's people's biggest fear. Mm -hmm. Because the last thing they want to hear is, no, you don't have enough to retire. Right. And a lot of times, which I'm happy to say, we're able to figure out ways and kind of do the different scenarios and say, hey, here's what you can do. to, If you make these little tweaks, maybe Mm -hmm. we can absolutely get it done for you.
1: And I think that that's a really good point, Julie, because little tweaks can make big differences in a plan that's a plan that's lasting 20 to 30 years, right? Right. I mean, your retirement is going to be something that hopefully is a good darn long time. Mm -hmm. And so a little tweak here or there can make a big difference. But I like to think of it in terms of deciding what's worth it. So, you know, it might be worth it to you to not have to work for an extra year if all you really had to do is give up your morning Starbucks habit, Mm -hmm. you know? So what's more important? Do you need to have that $6 expenditure every day or... If you do, it means you're going to have to work. But if you can trim back expenses by a little bit over here, is it worth it to buy yourself an extra year of freedom in retirement?
0: Right. So literally we just shed light on the Mm -hmm. things that you're spending on. Ultimately, it's your money. It's your life. You get to decide. But you're making an educated decision instead of just, again, hoping.
1: Right. (laughs) And an educated decision, once you're aware of the options, you can't become unaware. Right. And awareness leads to action that tends to be action that makes sense for people to take. So I think that that is really an important thing for people to do, and it doesn't have to be scary. Right. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about is people who retire smart understand the impacts of the what-ifs in their life. What if you retire at 63 instead of 65? What if you work part-time in retirement? What if you sell your house here and you move to a state that doesn't have state income taxes?
0: Right. That's literally my favorite part of the planning is the what-if scenarios. Yeah, me too. Because it's just really, we bring them in and you sit down and you say, okay, here's where you are right now. Mm -hmm. If we make some tweaks and changes or what if we change this? Those are the what-if scenarios, and it's, impa- it's very impactful for people to see the options.
1: I really think it is. I really think it's eye-opening because fear lies within the unknown. Mm-hmm. And if you can shed some light on some of the unknown and make it a known quantity and say, listen, if you do this, this is likely to be the long-term impact. If you do this, this is likely to be the long-term impact. You can choose either one of these, but now you know mm-hmm. how it might impact you. I, I literally just did a plan for someone last week and was showing them if you stay one more year based on the compensation package that your company has, you would get these additional stock options and you would have this additional salary for a year. And over the course of your entire retirement, it means that there is an additional million and a half dollars at the end of your plan.
0: And just now, seeing numbers like that is yeah, just mind blowing to people.
1: Now, for some people, that might be a million and a half dollars. Well, of course, I'm going to go ahead and work. And for some people, that million and a half dollars would say, well, there was already a few million dollars I was planning to leave to my kids. I don't think I want to work another Mm -hmm. year just to leave my kids another million and a (laughs) half dollars. (laughs) Right. And neither answer is wrong. Right. It's just
0: knowing the facts. It's
1: just knowing the facts and how they lay out. So understanding the importance of your what-ifs is so, so important for people. Basically, a good plan is going to show you what's the worst case probable scenario and what's the best case probable scenario. And the reality is, because life changes, you're going to end up somewhere in between those two things. Yep, usually
0: that's the case. Yeah. It's not
1: usually swung down to the worst case or swung up to the best case. It's probably somewhere in the middle. And, and I think that that's just a good range for people to know because it does take the fear out of it and allows you to make a decision based on... Of some good knowledge.
0: It helps people understand when work can become optional.
1: (laughs) That is my my favorite. favorite. Yes. (laughs) I think I learned that one from you, Mary. (laughs) We know we want to know when we're working for money because we need it and when we're working because we just want to. Right. That is a huge, huge slice of freedom of knowing when work is now optional for you. And it changes your why. It changes why you get up in the morning and you go to work. It changes why you'd be willing to put up with garbage at work if you're frustrated if you know that work is optional you're a lot less likely to put up with stuff
0: (laughs) yep exactly
1: (laughs) your tolerance level goes rapidly down when you're no longer working because you have to or you can do a gut
0: check and just get up and say I know I just have this many you know one more year to keep going with this and get it done and the payoff is huge
1: yes exactly that is the power of the what ifs and those what ifs are what people who retire smart know and are factoring into their decision making Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, And today we're talking about strategies to retire smart. And again, what we mean by smart is that there are certain things that if you do are going to create awareness, create education for you so that you take steps that align with probability that you're going to have a better outcome. So, One of the things that we can see that people make mistakes on in retirement is how they're allocating their money right before retirement. So the two biggest mistakes that we see people making are these. Number one is they know they're getting close to retirement, so they get scared about losing all of their money. And they take all of their money and they make it way too conservative now, the advantage is they're protecting it, but the disadvantage is they've completely eliminated the potential for any serious growth over the next what could be 10, 20, 30 years.
0: Right. That's a long, it's an impact that it's over a long haul. Right. That they're cutting out the opportunity.
1: So the mistake is getting conservative with everything too soon. The flip side of that, the other mistake that people make, which is like a complete polar opposite of the first mistake is They're just ignoring everything, and they're staying so aggressive with their investments that a market downturn can literally blow up their retirement plan. Right. So they didn't get conservative at all. They stayed too aggressive, and now the market risk has created an environment where it can really burn them.
0: A lot of times we see that happen if they are too aggressive, that literally can change the retirement outcome and say, now you have to work longer.
1: Exactly. So if a market downturn happens within a year or two before you actually want to retire and you're not appropriately allocated, it will create an environment where you either have to work longer or... Or if you're in retirement and you made that mistake, it will create the environment that you have to go back to work.
0: We never want to have anyone have to go back to work.
1: Right. And I know people out there remember back in 2008 when we had the big market downturn then that we heard people telling stories all over the place of, oh my gosh, I have to go back to work because I just lost so much money in my retirement portfolio.
0: I just retired and now I have to go back to work because once you retire and you're taking <clears> that <throat> income, that's irrevocable. You can't you can't make it back from that.
1: Right. So how do you retire smart? The people that can avoid making both of those mistakes are people that follow a philosophy of what we call a bucket plan. And a bucket plan is going to mean that you have some of your money conservative, some of it income focused that you're going to be using in, say, the next 10 years, But it lets the rest of your money be in what we call a later bucket that has more moderate to moderately aggressive risk levels inside of it to try to capture growth. If it's money that you're not going to need to spend in the next 10 to 15 years, it's entirely appropriate to have some growth potential focus on it.
0: Right. So you're segmenting that money. So you're insulating a part from the market Mm -hmm. that's going to be planned for income. And the, uh, the part that can stay out there for 10 years or plus can handle market fluctuations and recover before you need that money.
1: Right. And so if you've protected enough money, if you've insulated it from market downturns in your soon bucket, then, and, and that's where you're taking your money from. You can rest easy if there's a market downturn because you know that your income for the next decade is protected from this event. And if the market has turned down, that's your later bucket, the money that's more risk, you know, growth-oriented, that money has time to recover before you actually have to tap into it.
0: Right. And when people see that money broken up in the different buckets, they understand it. And literally they're saying, hey— like when we have market you know, downturns or whatever, you might get a phone call or you might reach out to someone. They say, no, I'm not worried because mm-hmm. I know I'm in my soon bucket.
1: Right. So it's kind of funny because like we had a market downturn happen in the fourth quarter of 2018. We saw a dive down. It became a little bit bigger than a correction. It went into a bear market territory and then did pop back up had some nice recovery since then but it gave people a taste of remembering what market losses felt like and people haven't felt that for a decade you start to forget what down markets feel like
0: right and a lot of times it's, it's just kind of reminding saying hey you're segmented the right way you have mm-hmm. your buckets in line so you don't have
1: to worry about something that like this that happens so we had people say to us oh my gosh are you just getting inundated with phone calls that people are worried about losing their money in this market and Interestingly enough, you know, we really weren't because most of our clients who are in that retirement planning mode or who are into retirement have their money structured in such a way that they are insulated from some of that downturn happening. So if you are not having conversations with your financial advisor about protecting a piece of the money and then growing a piece of the money, that should be a red flag and make you think maybe you need to go talk to someone else who's thinking about it in terms of creating a strategy where you plan first, you protect some of your money and then you allow some of it to grow.
0: Right? Cuz I've had clients where they've come in and they had their, you know, their one advisor for over 20 years while they were accumulating money. They've done a great job, but they didn't have any kind of strategy for the retirement phase right. that they were just about to enter. So they were really distraught. They didn't want to leave that advisor, but they knew that advisor had no no advice, no plan, no mm-hmm. anything for them. And so the best thing for them was to get with an advisor who had this retirement structure in place for him.
1: Exactly. Now, once you've got a structure in place, it's not something that really should just be set and forget. <laughs> so spot-checking your performance is something that we think at Stirk Financial is very important to be doing. So spot-checking your performance means that every once in a while you need to be looking at the investments you have to basically see are they performing in a way that's above average or below average. Now, what, what we're doing, when especially when we're working with different types of accounts, is we look at these holdings on a quarterly basis. So we're looking at every quarter, every holding, to say, is this holding above average or below average? If it is above average, fantastic. There's probably no need to make any changes. Don't have to do anything. But if it's not, then we're red flagging it. And if it's underperforming for say two, three, four quarters in a row, then we're going to proactively recommend change or make a change in portfolios that we're managing. And that's how to use spot checking of performance to make sure that you're staying in something that is performing in an above average manner. The problem is that most people don't know how to do that. They don't have a process for how to spot check performance or they're not working with an advisor who is spot checking performance. Right. So understanding when and how to spot check your performance, understanding how to read reports to show you if you're seeing above average or below average performance is one of the strategies that retiring smart definitely includes. Right. Now... Another thing that people do when they retire smart is they protect their health risks. So there's health insurance and there's many shows that we've done about health insurance. If you want to listen to more detail about that. But another way to protect your health risk is by focusing on whether or not you need long-term care insurance like for the nursing home or for home health care. Right.
0: And there's many different types of uh, long-term care products that are coming out there because the costs are so extremely high. Mm-hmm. So you've got your traditional you got your traditional health-based insurance, you've got the life insurance-based, and then you've also got hybrids with your asset-based and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a combination of new forms of investments that are coming up to be able to help you protect that health risk.
1: So the old traditional way of insuring for a nursing home risk is really, really been revitalized and changed over the last even two or three years. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of been a revolution in in how that market is out there. So if it's been a while since you looked at whether or not long-term care insurance should be part of your retirement plan, this is probably a good time, a good trigger to go say, maybe I should revisit that.
0: Just to look at the options that are out there.
1: But... A long-term care, a chronic health care cost can blow up a retirement plan faster than many, Absolutely. many other things yep. can because it's a massive cost that could be ongoing for many years. And that's
0: really a hard one for people to digest a lot of times, too. So it's the fear of the unknown. Do I need it? Do I not need it? Mm-hmm. Should I worry about it? Um, but not doing anything is making a decision as well.
1: Yes. And the very last tip that I want to give you that people who retire smart do is they get their estate planning documents in a row. So they get their wills or their trust done. They have financial and health care power of attorneys in place. They've got these documents somewhere where their loved ones know where to find them. And that's a good piece to make sure you do to kind of tie up everything and put that into your plan if you're going to retire smart. So we hope that this this show has been effective for people. We hope that understanding that you need a plan, knowing how your numbers work, understanding how the what-ifs impact you, not making mistakes that are critical to have a strategy wrapped around, how that will all help you increase the potential of having a successful retirement. So thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.